We are the dance nerds, the outliers, the ones who are addicted to reaching the next level. This is a unique podcast blending the artistry of mastery both on and off the dance floor. Upbeat, fun, in-depth, and thought-provoking. This won't just develop your Borum and Latin American dancing. This will set your life on fire. I will give you personal stories, empowering ideas, technical dance aspects, mindset growth development, and much, much more. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with anyone you care about, and also visit borumastery.tv. Let's dance. Have you got a question for me? I would love to hear from you and include it on the show as an audio message. Head over to danceraf.com and then smash the message button and shoot me your question. I'll add it into one of the episodes if it fits, and I would love to know what I could help you with. Head over to danceraf.com. Boom! We made it. Ladies and gentlemen, pleasure to meet you. Awesome to have you here. It's Vaughn, the founder of Boring Mastery, pioneer of online dancing since 2011. That seems like such a long time ago. And in this overview of an episode, I'd like to give you my mission, why I'm here, what you and I are going to do connecting together in these really unique times for us as dancers going forward. I want to share some of the ideas, the topics I'm going to cover, and of course, some of my past history of dancing. So you can see the pain I've also been through, what you can avoid, and some best practices to get the most out of your training, your competing, and you know what, to be honest, beyond that, the best out of yourself on and off the floor, because I truly believe dancing and how you do life are interconnected. And I want to make that really clear uh, through many different ways, stories, analogies, and we're going to have a great journey together. So please dance on over, smash the subscribe button, leave a five-star review and tell your friends we're doing something really cool here. I want you to be a part of, and the community is global. We're all over the world now. And you know, it wasn't always like that for me. I'm no different to you. In fact, I think we're a lot alike. Even if we look different, I might have really slick back hair and big ass teeth, but I can assure you on the same level, there are struggles I've been through that you can relate to. There is pain that I've had to go through and endure to make my dancing dreams a reality. Uh, And some of the stuff that I've written and talked about before, people might think it's a bit embellished. It's like, oh, that didn't really happen. You must've made that up. I can assure you, everything I'll tell you will be my truth. I'll speak authentically to you. I try to be family friendly, so I might drop an F-bomb here and S-bomb there. And uh, in fact, uh, you know, come on, what's the podcast called, right? So, you know, we're gonna have a bit of fun. If you take a bit of offense to that, you know, I can't really help you probably take life a bit too seriously. So in that case, uh, this won't be for you. But for those who want to max out their potential and feel that there's a lot more they could be doing for themselves personally, both on and off the floor, this is definitely for you. If you want technique tips, if you want to know how to get the most out of your performance, if you want my ideas on artistry, creating mastery in yourself, you know, this is definitely for you. So make sure you subscribe so you get the latest updates and I'll publish as frequently as I can and to help make you better. And obviously you can leave some questions for me. I will add to them, just hit the button, send me a message and I'll see if I can add it in on one of these podcasts coming up. But listen, it wasn't always like this for me. I, you know, I love dancing. I, one of the things I can clearly remember with the dinner parties my parents had, you know, and I hit the parent lottery. 
I didn't have like abusive, like drug addicted parents. I had awesome parents. I really, really was blessed with their sort of offhanded parenting, right? They let me try a lot of things, a lot of stuff they didn't know about, right? that, they, that hopefully they never find out about, you know what I mean? I was a pretty naughty kid, but they, they really, they were really supportive, right? When, it, when they meant it. One of the things I always remember growing up were dinner parties. Did you ever have these? Like my parents, man, came from that era of like catering and, you know, like the bread basket with like dip in it that you could eat. They would bring that in. There'd be the smell of port and wine and everyone would be dancing in the lounge room. And I'd sneak down as a young kid, like seven, six years old, and they'd all be dancing around and they'd get me to come in the middle of the circle and dance. And for, you know, as a kid, no inhibition, you just do. I danced and off I went. And the positive reinforcement from that, like anchored in my mind, like I remember that so well. And I remember the attention, the good attention I got for it. Now I got a lot of negative attention elsewhere for being a naughty kid, but I did notice this one aspect of things and I really enjoyed that. And going forward, dancing was actually a part of my life, but I was never a serious dancer. My parents have really pushed me to dance. They, they allowed me to try lots of things and anything I gravitated to, they supported. But, you know, that's good and bad. You know, you get parents in dancing that push way too hard, too young, and they kill the joy. But then you can also be too offhanded where you don't really encourage it in the right direction enough. And, you know, one of the life lessons is you don't, if you practice quitting, you become a professional quitter. And, you know, you don't want to be that person. You want to stick to something and achieve something within the discipline. And then you can change the path. So I'm not an advocate for not quitting. It's just I believe you should hit something that's worthwhile to yourself to make your investment of time and money worth it. And so I remember going back to my parents being like, I want to dance, you know. And so in year four, I went to an all boys school. I mean, can you imagine this, right? I go to an all boys school and I go to my parents. I want to do some ballet classes. They're like, what? Okay, bit of bit of ballet, eh? get the uh, get the old tights on, get some of those nice pants. What do you what do you think about that, mum and dad? And uh, my dad, he's awesome, right? But you know, he's he's a baby boomer. He's one of those stoic type. Doesn't say a lot, but his action said everything. You know, he didn't come to one recital. He's like, I'm not sitting in there watching my son be a bumblebee on the stage. And so for two years, I did these ballet classes until the unfortunate day where I left one of these classes, and I remember. I come out on the doorstep. This is like the end of term. We're about to go into high school next year. And this, the, this renowned bully from year seven is standing out the front and I'm in my tights, right? I look at him and there's just silence and like tumbleweeds go by. He just locks my eyes. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. I'm like, oh, I'm dead. This, oh no. And so like all over summer, I'm freaking out because I'm thinking this, oh, what's going to happen at school? Anyways, so I go to school and then, you know, lo and behold, I get put in what they call the washing machine. It's like you walk down the corridor and they just push you back and forward, back and forward, like hard though, you know, it's rugby heads, you know, bashing you into lockers and things. So it's quite a, quite a beating. Anyway, so this endured for a while and this guy was basically saying, poof, poof, he does ballet with my sister. And I got the reputation of being, you know, that dancer. It, it crushed me though, right? Because Nobody wants to get picked on or bullied for something they love doing, but there's no understanding. So I, I didn't know enough at the time to, to do anything about it. So I just quit. I quit dancing. I, that, I let somebody control my dreams. And that became an important lesson later on for me to never let anybody get a control over what I want to do and what I think is important. And so, you know, what then happened? Well, I finished that and I did a term of ballroom dancing with uh, who became like my second mother. But at the time... I was only like in year, coming into what, year seven. 
and uh, year six, year seven, it's around that sort of rough era. I was very, very young. And I remember doing a term with Penny DeCal. And Penny was a wonderful coach, a fantastic teacher, but you know, you respected her. And you could have been 70 years old. You walked in there. It was like you were 16 years old meeting your idol. You know, you were respectful. You stood upright. Your hair was groomed, you know. She was just old school, really good like that, commanded the room. And I remember doing a term with her, but then she offhanded another teacher. I didn't like the teacher and I just quit. I left it. Didn't give too much of a thought. When I was 16, I went to, uh, to America on an exchange program. And this changed my life, right? I got a year away from my parents, a year away from school. I lived with the host family, two host families, actually. I was a naughty boy over there, too. <laughs> and I got kicked out halfway through to another family. A story on that for another time. But what I did when I was over there meant everything. Because I believe everything happens to you for a reason. I truly believe that. I believe if you are looking for the lessons, you find them. What happened when I got put into this second family when I was in America, and this was in Rochester, New York. Well, guess what the dance, the mom did? She was a dance mom, but not only a dance mom, she ran a studio called Dancing Amy's. Miss Amy, she was called. So she taught jazz, ballet and everything. I was like, oh, this sort of ignited a bit more of my dancing flair again. You know, because over the years I dabbled. I'd got, what I'd done, I've done ballroom. I did a little bit of ballet. I dabbled in tap for about a week and hated it. And then I just sort of stopped. I kept playing sport. And so Miss Amy, though, showed me this different world, right? I saw these girls dancing around. So that's terrible, right? Like, it's like, whoa, what a horrible way to spend an afternoon. <laughs> it's like one guy in the class dancing with all the girls. Loved it, right? This was amazing to me. So when it came to leave America, the strangest thing happened. And this is sort of the whole point of this. You've really got to follow your intuition on this. The strangest thing happened, right? I'm sitting outside, and I can remember clear as day, this pivotal moment. It's a dark night, the stars are out, I'm lying on a, you know, like a beach, uh, what are they called, like where you sit down uh, on a, um, it's not a mat, but you know, it's like a beanbag mat type thing. Anyway, I'm looking at the stars, and I'm thinking, I need to go back and do some dancing with Penny. And I got the phone, and from America, and this is like early 2000s, right, it's like 2001, I call Penny from America. I go, Penny, my name's Vaughn. I danced with you a while ago. I have blonde hair, if that helps. And uh, I'd like to come and dance with you. Vaughn, I remember you. Like, I doubt she did. But, you know, she was so welcoming, the tone of her voice. I was just, I was there, right? So, anyway, I had that conversation with her. She said, you're more than welcome to come. Teenage Latin class is where you should, you should start. And so, it's when on a Thursday. When you come back, do it. And so, I don't know what guided me, right? What prompted that? I mean, seriously. That, so, my philosophy is that... When the idea is right, it'll resonate and you've got to listen to it and you've got to follow it. And I acted on it and it made no sense. I mean, like, you know, that's, that's a big call to do that out of nowhere. For what reason? And when I got to the studio, it became very clear. Well, there I was again, dancing in a room full of girls. Terrible way to spend an afternoon. There's 30 of them now. And there's me and this one other dude, Matt. We're like high-fiving each other going, man, this is amazing. Why would you... Why would you tackle sweaty boys on a football field when you can dance here and smell good, right? So, you know, we got, I got to the studio. I looked at all these girls. I'm like, this is great. Let's have a dance. Let's have a dance. And so I picked the first dancer, blonde hair girl. We had a dance. Second one. Third lady I asked to dance would go on to become my wife and my dance partner for life, right? Like we, we just danced together. and I didn't love her instantly, but she remembers to this day you pick me third. <laughs> I'm like, ah, elephant memory, right? So uh, we have this dance together. 
a couple of weeks go by and Penny comes up, grabs my hand, grabs her hand and says, Vaughn, would you like to dance with Alison? And it's like a dance marriage proposal. I'm like, sure, I'll dance with her. She goes, okay, how about you do some dance sport together? I'm like, dance sport? What is that? She looked at me. Penny's like, you must be joking. I run the largest competition in Australia, right? And I was like, okay, cool, cool. All right, well, let me come and see it. So I went and saw it and I went, this is incredible. Let's, this, like I just saw some dance sport and went, this is amazing. I can't believe this world exists. But like most of us, in fact, all of us, you don't really grow up saying, I'm going to do dance sport, okay? Like everything else is drilled in, university or college, uh, get a job, be safe, be secure, right? And then maybe you stumble across a passion if you're lucky, right? Listen, you got to tread the unbeaten path. You've got to get comfortable outside your comfort zone. I mean, you got to set up one of those like fluffy mats and just live outside your comfort zone. It's what you got to do. It's what I'm doing here with you right now. It's what I do with all this stuff with dancing and my other businesses and interests, right? So, so when I took her hand and said, yes, I'll do this, I didn't realize the chain of events that it would change my entire life, right? But something resonated and that led the journey, the 20 year competitive journey. We, we danced, we ended up competing and going from the lowest levels, two left feet, giraffe, baby beginners, no skills, no talents, nothing, except a bit of past dancing experience on my end. Alison had been dancing all her life. In fact, I took her away from a professional ballerina career because she was very, very good, could have done that. She followed me and decided to dance with me. So I felt I owed her. We, 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 we then pursued dancing, but we didn't do it seriously from day one. We, we decided to dance seriously together, but not you know the serious competitive lifestyle together yet because you build into that, right? You start off with your lesson, your group class, and then the passion is ignited. And this is why as a teacher, you don't force people to practice because they've got to want it. Penny had to kick us out of the studio, right? She would ask us to leave. We got there early. We'd take a week off a year eventually. We did five privates a week. We did everything. We did that. Nobody had to say, here you go, do more, do more. It was like, oh my God, God, we got to get out, get out, get out, <laughs> right? It's that, that is when you know the partner's good for you, like you're on the right track, right? Your students are doing the right thing. When those things happen, they come out of the own inner desire a pupil has, okay? So you don't have to bother telling people to practice. The right people will do the work and they'll ask to do more. That's just how it works. Doesn't mean you don't provide the environment for growth, okay? And that's another time. So this podcast is a form of growth for you. It is a, it is a way for you to maybe get some ideas and inspiration you may not be getting currently. Maybe you don't have a coach that teaches this. Maybe you don't even have a coach because you're just in a, an area that doesn't have one right now and you've moved. And so let me be that for you. Let me help you, right? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get the updates. But it's really important that, you know, you connect into the desires that you have because I do believe these things happen for a reason. And you wouldn't be listening to this if that wasn't true. You wouldn't be dancing if that wasn't true. But there has to be something more, right? And so the one thing that my dad, I always laugh about this because I remember I'd finished school and I was just started this dancing thing. I was thinking, what do I do with my life? Have you ever had that? You've been like trapped thinking, God, like seriously, job for life and then that's it? No, like that, that doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem right. What about ideas? What about something different? Isn't there like another path you can take? Isn't there another path you can make? You know, this is why I love my mom because she introduced me to personal development. So at the right time, I had personal development and dancing come into my life. I was 17, 18 years old, just starting dancing a freaking dinosaur by the time 
I started dancing seriously because all the people I was up against were already champions at 18, 19, 20. But, you know, I had this life coach on the side, Bob Proctor, right? I hired him when I finished school. I spent 10,000 US dollars, which is a lot because I'm in Australia, a big conversion currency. And I hired him to coach me for 13 months as well as starting my dancing journey with Penny. And it was beautiful because it was the mixture of mindset and growth before it was cool. All right. And people thought I was in a cult back then. Now you say, oh, I hired a life coach. It's sort of normal. Back then it's like, oh, you drink the Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> so I hired him, did this coaching. It was amazing. He was like, Vaughn, you change your paradigm, you change your life. You set goals. Goals are easy to set once you know what to do. It's the achievement that requires the change. And, you know, I learned how to do that. And I said, you know what? You know what? This is the clincher for you guys. I thought, if this guy is not full of BS, I'm going to take what I'm learning here. I'm going to put it into the world of dancing. Oh, yeah, there's an idea, right? I'm going to set a goal to travel the world with this pretty girl on my arm. And we're going to dance. And we're going to dance the top level that we can get to. So we're starting with no evidence to say we could be good. No evidence to say we could get to where we want to go. And everything going against us saying you'll never get there. Right? Like we had people in our workplace thinking it was ridiculous we'd spend all this time dancing. We had friends, we had to lose friends. I had to leave a personal uh, relationship, you know, that I had with this girl I was living with because she was telling me I would be nothing but a poor dancer. I'd be, uh, I'd be no one. I would go nowhere and she'd have to support me the rest of my life. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put up with that toxicity. I'm out. And so I was out. We're done. And, you know, that, that was painful but liberating. And the point of all this is what? The mixture of these growth strategies, along with the proper technique and the right guidance, it is unbelievable what you can do. And I proved it. I spent 10 years and I consciously made this decision. This was not a guess. I said, I'm going to learn everything I can about dancing, everything I can about personal development, growth, psychology of success, how you create money to fund your dreams when your dreams don't earn money. So dancing doesn't pay you, you pay to dance. So, so okay, I need money, I need to dance more. How do I make more, right? What do you do to make that happen? Oh my God, episode for another time on the different failures that I've had and different businesses I've tried, different investments that haven't worked out. But I've tried many, many different things. And the point was over 10 years, Ali and I said, we will do our very best to set the goal and the intention to become the representatives for Australia in world professional 10 dance. Hey, if you're loving this, make sure you smash and dance all over that subscribe button and visit ballroommastery.tv, ballroommastery.tv for some free training, sign up for our courses. They are going to revolutionize the way you dance. They're going to help you so much with your posture, your technique, the way you move, your musicality, and all of those naggling problems to help free you to become the best dancer you can be. Ballroommastery.tv, let's do it. Now, have you ever set a goal that you went, that is just preposterous. That's crazy. That's never going to happen. <gasps> what are my friends going to think? Oh my God. Well, the good news is they don't think. So if you ever set a goal that's too big, if you ever gone, I am going after that. I love that idea. And you're worried about what people think about you doing that or the friends you might have to remove or the new things you have to try or the new skills you need to get. The good thing is nobody's thinking about you anyway, right? They're really not. Like, I mean, do you really think about me all the time? No, like you don't think about your best friend all the time. You know, you have a little thought, but then you're back to your own life and your own reality. So the best thing that you can do is to set goals that are way beyond 
your current level of experience. And the reason for that is because you need something that's going to motivate you to step outside into the uncertainty outside your comfort zone. You know, so when I set the goal to be the, the best in Australia in world 10 dance, right, with myself and Alison, we had nothing on paper that said we could do it. Just the desire, just the want. And you have to differentiate between what you think you want, which would be, you know, to make money and a safe job and to not take too many risks versus what you truly want, which is, you know what, I actually want to start a business or I actually want to become a champion dancer or I actually want to become a teacher or I actually want to run a studio or I actually want to create a YouTube channel or whatever. The point is, is that those big ideas are outside your comfort zone for a reason, because you have to earn the skill for those to be executed upon. And then you can look back and say it was easy. You know, if you think about where you've come from for like your, from your first dancing lesson to where you might be today, you can easily look back and retroactively say, bang, these are the dots and you can connect them all together. So I could tell you, and I will share with you the strategies that I use to help me dance better, to get me through things faster and to sort of climb the ranks a bit quicker. But that worked for me. So what you need is an overarching philosophy, a way to approach things because here's what's gonna happen that nobody wants to tell you because it's not sexy, right? Like, so when you hire a coach, a coach is there to help guide you, to give you their skills and experience and to teach you how to do things properly. So maybe you don't injure yourself and you get further ahead uh, and you can actually be equipped, right? But what a lot don't tell you is it's beside the amount of work you have to do is things always take longer than you expect. The results are way lower than you anticipate and you have to do it for far much more time than you thought. So that's it, those are the three things. And it's not sexy because it means you gotta be willing to play the game for a long time. And on that way, you're gonna go through fear, doubt, rejection, humil uh, humiliation, right? Ridicule, it's not gonna be fun. In fact, most of the time, it's fun for like six months and then it becomes just grit, painful and total annihilation of joy in a way. Like, but in that's the joy. So like the Buddhist idea is it's suffering, right? But within that becomes the joy. And so what I'm encouraging you to do is to find ideas from this podcast and from what we're going to go through to help you to triumph out of adversity because you're going to have the obstacles. But my job is to help you encourage them to help you welcome the challenges and be bring it on fuckface, right? Like you don't want those challenges and obstacles to be the reason you back down because that would not be the right philosophy saying, well, when it gets tough, I'm just going to find an easier way. Not really, because that's actually the thing you need to overcome to make things better in your life. Think about it. If everything's happening for a reason and you actually believe that, if things are put in your place for a reason, when an obstacle comes up, you can't back off it Right? Because otherwise you're, you are not actually believing your own ideology. You're not saying, oh, yeah, things happen for a reason. Oh, by the way, it's too hard now, so I'm just going to go somewhere else. No, the obstacle is difficult because it's proving to it's It's for you to prove to yourself that you want it bad enough and you want to get to the other side. It's one of the reasons why to expand a comfort zone, you seek the things that are outside of your comfort zone that are difficult, that are hard to do. This is what goals do. They stretch you. They are there for growth. And a goal's purpose is nothing more than growth. It's not actually for the attainment. Listen, when we achieved our goal of becoming World uh, 10 Dance Representatives for Australia, 
We got to Quebec, Canada after a very long flight. I stood on the edge of the floor. I took in the smell of the arena. There was sort of fog. There was air horns blowing. It's Canada, right? So of course there's air horns in a, like a hockey rink. And then I'm standing there going, I looked at Alison. Is this it? She looked at me as well. She went, I know, right? Because like it felt, it felt empty. Like, don't get me wrong. We we're grateful. But it felt empty. It was like, wow, we worked all this for this? Like just like a room and, and an event and what? An accomplishment for five minutes? And yeah, you can tell people that. But people don't care. Like you can be world champion. People respect it for sure. You can't, you know, you, you don't minimize that. But, you know, people just, they don't care. It's, it's not them, right? So they care about themselves. And so I was like, wow, you give up your whole life and family for like three minutes of an accomplishment that feels good. And then you're on to the same question, what is next? So part of this quest you and I are on is to have fulfillment when it's hard, is to have meaning when you want to quit and to keep going. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't change your tactics and strategies. It just means you might have to do it a bit smarter. You might have to find a different way around that obstacle or challenge, but you've got to flip it in to a philosophy that helps you to navigate that treacherous terrain. Because even if you have a plan, a well-laid plan is still actually a bad plan because you don't know what's gonna happen. So it's better to have a map. You can navigate with a map. A plan is more like a checklist and you, you just cannot foresee all of the possibilities and eventualities that happen. You have no idea who's gonna come into your life. You don't know when your coach will die or quit or your partner will just quit and stop dancing with you. You don't know. So coming back to what you want, you gotta think, well, what do I actually want versus what I think I want? What, what level would that look like? And take this out of dancing. What do you want for your own life? Like, how much money do you wanna earn? How do you wanna earn it? Because how you earn your money is way more important than how much of it you earn. Let me say that again. How you earn your money is more important than what you earn. Now think about that. It is way better to earn 100 grand a year doing the thing you really truly love to do could be like freaking baking eggs for uh, like volunteer events. Like that's your thing, do your thing. It could be like ba- making tomato plants f- for neighborhoods for free, right? Like, and you sell them on it, uh, you sell them at markets, right? Whatever that, whatever that is for you, you know, that matters. Then earning say a hundred thousand a month stuck in a job that is killing your passion and zest for life, making you more addicted to alcohol, sugar, and binging Netflix on a weekend because you, you celebrate a Friday and you begrudge a Monday, right? You might think it's a lot of money. That's not a lot of money versus the cost of what it's doing to you. So be smart, right? Set those goals that mean something to you and then have some philosophy that's going to help navigate that treacherous terrain. And that's what we did. We had a way of seeing the world that I learned from a coach, that I used from my own experience, that I deployed into practice, into competitions. We got... Listen, all champions were beginners and all champions fail more than they win. Everybody remembers the winners and that's a total cliche, but it's true. You know, Babe Ruth, he did more home run, home run hitouts, strikeouts in baseball than he hit home runs and known as one of the greatest uh, hitters in history. Michael Jordan, classic, missed more shots than he took. And it's true, right? Dancing, we forget this. Top champions, Ricardos, Slavics. Michael Malatoskis, Mirkos, uh, William Pinos, like the best dancers in the world lost more competitions on the way up to the throne than they won. And at the top, yeah, they might win all the time, but it's nowhere near to how much they came second or even last, but we forget about that. And that's the journey, right? That's the quest. 
you are to be the best version of yourself that you were from tomorrow than you are today. And that is your competition. Your competition is how much better can I be as a human? And when it doesn't work out and when you let yourself down and when you deceive yourself like we all do, how do you pull yourself back from that again to win the next day? And if you have that idea in your mind, you're going to win more days than you lose eventually. Okay. When it comes to dancing, you're going to lose more than you win. And you have to know how to deal with that. You must know how to deal with that. If you don't know how to deal with it, the game will eat you up and spit you out. You will not want to stay in and play. And don't get me wrong, friends, there is a game to be played. And I'm not talking about politics. I don't get involved in any of that crap. I'm talking about creating you, the best version of yourself, who you are, what you want to be. And finally, my last thought is when we set this goal and we needed to move from beginner two left feet dancing to the top end extreme, which is like in the top 1% of dancers in the world, whoever get there, something has to transform within yourself to manifest the goal. So one of the problems we have is people will often say, okay, Vaughn, I get it. I want to go, I've got a goal and I would like to become a, uh, I would like to become a better dancer. I would like to become a dancer that represents my state in a competition, or I'd like to just do great in my medals. Cool. No worries for that to happen. They know they need more lessons. And then they say, but I have no money. And so straight away, you're already justifying why you're going to fail. The philosophy that is good, that works for you is matters here, right? So how do you flip that around? One thing we did is we went, it doesn't matter if I don't have the resources, I will figure it out. The figuring it outerus, right? The figuring out ability, figure out ability. That's what we'll call it is so, so incredibly important because if you have a business and you're starting up, you don't have enough resources to be successful. I don't care who you are. You, you could get a million dollar seed funding and you don't have enough. And I know this because I have a tech company in Sweden that we got two rounds of funding for. It's not enough, right? <laughs> a couple million euro valuation on the books. It's not enough, right? You think, what are you doing? Because it's how much you use the resources you currently have to earn more, to grow more. So it's like, okay, you want two lessons a week, three lessons a week. You have to figure out how to do it, right? Figure out a reability. You got to figure it out. How will you do that? What will you make happen? You have to let something go for that to happen. So part of achieving a goal is what are you willing to give up in order to make way for coming forward? And that is a great thing to think about because you cannot expect total success in something without giving a piece of yourself up. And generally that piece is the lower side of you. It is the weaker side. It is the addicted side. It is the malevolent side, the revengeful side, the spiteful side, the one that just wants to do the easy thing versus the right thing. You know, it's that side of you that you're generally giving up. Not the better side, because the better side makes you train more and do more and to figure out how to earn a bit more to dance a bit more, right? And so that will hold you in good stead going forward if you truly want the goal you're going after. And I encourage you to deploy that and deploy it for any area of your life, relationship, health, money. Those are the things I want for you going forward, for you to know a little bit more about what that is, it looks like. And my last thing before I finish today, (laughs) you're only guessing. You have no idea what you really want, right? So you really don't. Like I had no idea I'd be doing a podcast on Borum Dancing, mind you along with a YouTube channel on Borum Dancing, uh, running a studio, uh, initiating some of the game-changing 
ideas in dancing to start with in the early 2011 period. Uh, I had no idea any of that would happen when I started dancing in 2001. Are you serious? I had no idea. I just set a goal. We want to dance. We did not know how it was going to happen, what was going to happen, how, the, the adventures. As I said before, you can look back in retrospect and say, oh, I did X, Y, and Z. But that does not indicate going forward what can happen either. And so you're guessing. So don't worry. Have fun with it. Guess. Make it big. Make it bold. Make it beautiful. Make it yours. And with that, my friends, awesome to have you here. Make sure you subscribe, leave comments wherever you might see this. Please share it with a friend and leave a five-star review. It's been an honor working and talking with you. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode as Dancer as...